0: You're listening to the Eltham Baptist Church Podcast. Welcome everyone to 2016. There's a lot more people here than I thought there would be because it's early of the year. So well done to all of you. Um, Jesus points for you all. Uh, Today we are going to be having two services. I think we have two services every Sunday for January. I could be wrong. Uh, Josh Ball's preaching next week. No, sorry, two, not two services, two sermons during one service. I told jo- Josh Ball's preaching next week, and I told him he's only preaching once, but I realized today you're actually preaching twice. Uh, you're welcome. You are so welcome. Yeah, all right, no worries. I'll get on to that. Um, let me just open up in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much um, for for another Sunday, Lord, just the start of the year, that we can come together and just... Remember uh, what Christmas is all about. Remember, it is all about you coming down and just living a life, uh, Lord, for us to just take example of, of giving all glory back to God himself. We thank you so much that we can just do this openly in our country, that we don't have to hide our love for you. We don't have to hide our passion, but just come together and just celebrate that, Lord. So I just ask that today we will be celebrated, um, celebrated for your love, Lord, and just open our hearts, open our hearts and our minds to what you have to say, that we will not close our minds um, to what we think or to what scares us, I guess, Lord, but would you just challenge us and just start this passion in our hearts at the start of the year um, and get us excited about just living our lives completely for you. Amen. In 2011, I was the uh, first time that I had really stepped out in my faith Um, I'd left for the most powerful and transforming journey of my life so far. Um, It was the time that I I joined the Logos Hope, which is a missionary ship. Uh, I've spoken about this a lot before. Uh, A lot of you have heard me talk about that. But this was a very significant part of my life and my faith. Um, My belief in God uh, just changed dramatically. It wasn't just this understanding that there was a God, but I was actually starting to trust God that there was a God and in that God. It wasn't just something that I wanted to believe. I could actually walk out in my day and just know that God... I want to see God at work. And that was really, really exciting and super powerful. Um, Through that whole time, I just kept on asking, Lord, like, where do you want me to serve you? This was where I I knew that I wanted to serve God uh, in everything that I did. But I didn't know if that was back here or overseas. And as I was traveling around, we went to all these different countries and I was praying, like, Lord if you want me to serve here, I'm willing to do it. I'm open for it. I just need to know that that's actually from you. The whole time I was overseas, I was overseas for two years. uh, Just, I don't know why, but Australia was on my heart. And not that I was homesick. I really didn't miss Australia too much. I love traveling. Um, But it was more, I had this heart to come back to Australia and just see disciples made, just to see this passion for Christ to grow more and more. um, And that, yeah, that would happen in and everything that I did. It wasn't just church, it was also the workplace and it was all of that. So my, my whole desire was to come back to Australia and just to serve God in any context that might be. So for me, as I came back, I started the internship, internship here at the church and I was also bricklaying part-time. So that was awesome. I had uh, here at the internship discipleship with the youth group and I had evangelism um, in my workplace in bricklaying. But that was a lot easier said than done. When I was, I was bricklaying, I really wanted God to be known. So I was like, I wanted to start these conversations with people. But the difference between coming back to Australia and in the workplace and on, that on the ship is I was surrounded by all these people on the ship that was encouraging me and challenging me and praying for me. And they were doing that beside me back home in bricklaying, I was by myself, you know, so everything that had to do with being available to God was now down to me actually recognising who God was and and being available to him. I didn't have anyone beside me saying, come on, Blair, don't forget, you know, this isn't about you, this is all about God. Um, When I didn't see the fruits in my work start happening, my eyes started to drift from God to myself. And so did that trust. That trust started to go from God to myself. And I started to take on that responsibility of, of spreading the word more. Uh, I don't know, just starting conversations or whatever evangelism looks like. I would started putting that trust back into myself and, and removing that from God. Unintentionally, I didn't mean that to happen, but I think, um, yeah, just the less I saw things happening, it was my eyes were coming back to myself. After a while, um, I still didn't see much fruits and it was very draining. You know, when you try and do stuff out of your own effort, you know that you're starting to, something's wrong when you're just exhausted, you know, and it's just like, well, where's God in that moment? When you don't see the fruits, you're exhausted. What's happening there? Earlier uh, this morning, you saw that we're having a virtual camp coming up this year. Well, the last virtual camp about two years ago, we had this guest uh, guest speecher. Uh, this guest speaker come, also known as a guest speaker, came from the states called Chip Kirk, and he was amazing. He came in to the internship and, and really just challenged us a lot. And uh, his his main topic that I heard him talk about nearly every time was about how he goes about evangelism, right? And how he sort of quit the agenda of evangelizing. He doesn't go and say, "Okay, today I'm going to evangelize. This is my agenda for today." So he quit that. He didn't quit evangelism. He just quit the agenda of it. And so what he does is he goes out whatever he's doing, going to shops, um, getting the newspaper like older people do still, or whatever it is, like wherever he's going, um, I meant that in, with good intentions, guys. Um, technology's a mess, trust me. No, but he went out, whatever he was doing, he would, he would just say a prayer, he'd be like, Lord, I am here and I am ready and I'm available to be used by you, will you use me today? And that was his prayer, he would go out, And he was just sharing with us, as as he um, just honestly said that before God, without an agenda, but just acknowledging who God is and recognizing that he could be used right now. He went out and he was saying about how people would just approach him. Like, he didn't even start these conversations. People would actually approach him, and then he got to share the gospel without even having that intention. It was just, God's opened the doors, here it is, all right, now you need to know about Jesus. And it was just amazing and so challenging for me, because it was exactly what I wasn't seeing you know, I was just putting in so much effort. I wasn't seeing any fruits. Why wasn't I seeing any fruits? And then now uh, this guy comes along, doesn't do anything, and he says all the cool stuff. But anyway, um, that was really, really cool for me to see. I was actually, I was acting that God needed to be used by me. You know, I was acting like that I had to be in those positions for God to be glorified. But it's, it's not that God needs me to get out of the way for him to be glorified either, it's the fact that God is going to be glorified no matter where, if I'm there or not. His intention is going to happen, like his plan is going to happen, and he's inviting me to be a part of that. So it's, my, it's my, up to me to say, Look, yes, Lord, I'm available. Now will you use me for your glory? Or it's up to me to say, step aside, God, I've got this, be burnt out. God's going to be glorified anyway. Now I'm just really tired and, and don't really know what's going on or don't, or don't really see much happening. Um, so this was really, really challenging for me, and, and because it was so challenging i didn 't want it to just be something that I heard in one ear, out the other. I wanted it to be something that I heard and lived and would be a part of my life. I was supposed to be timing myself. I forgot to do that. continue um, so as I, as I thought that i 'm like, well, uh, oh, sorry, a virtual camp still we were having a sunrise prayer and worship here and so I'm like, well, I need caffeine. So I decided to go down to McDonald's um, beforehand, just get a few of us some coffees. And on the way down, I was saying that prayer that Chip Kirk was saying. I said, Lord, I am here and I am ready and I am available to be used by you. Will you use me now? And as I was driving down, I was just being so aware of that prayer. I was being so aware of who God was, and I really wanted to mean that prayer. I wanted to be genuine and something completely from my heart, not just from something that I wanted to be. I, wanted, I was just really focusing on the road and on God. As I was driving, I was just like, Lord, I want to see you glorified in and through my life, and I meant it. Um, But out of all honesty, I wasn't really expecting much. I'm just like, oh, I might have a conversation with someone behind the counter. I might just ask them how their day's been, which would be early morning, night shift, whatever it was. And they might say, well, early morning, night shift, so not too great. And then we could go from there, and maybe a conversation about Jesus would happen. As soon as I rocked up to McDonald's here in Eltham, um, I got out of the car, and this guy came up to me, and he said, oh, hey, man, I'm really sorry, but I'm lost. I've got no fuel in my car, can I... Borrow about two or three dollars just to put some fuel in my car. And in my mind, I'm like, well, it's going to cost you more than two or three dollars to get anywhere in life. So that's not going to do anything with fuel. So either you're homeless or you've got a drug problem and you're wanting some uh, cash from anyone. But I was sort of unexpected. I wasn't really expecting this guy to come up to me. Um, and I was, I was being very aware of God. I'm like, great, this guy's come up to me. I want to be obedient. I don't know what's going to happen here. All I can do is just trust in God. Hopefully, this money's not going towards drugs. I went inside and I got some change because usually I'd give, uh, if I saw a homeless person or something, I'd give them food, not money. Um, so I went inside, got some change and I came out, I oh, did my order, I came back out and I gave him some change and he was just so grateful, he was just like, oh man, I just wanna throw you out all these blessings and doing all these weird hand gestures and I freaked out, I was like, gave a little nervous smile and just turned around, <laughs> went back inside and, and got my order and, uh, and left. I really freaked out and on the way I'm like, oh man, I just missed this opportunity to be used by God. You know, I didn't get to tell him even about Jesus. He threw me blessings where I have no idea where that came from. And, You know, I just missed this whole opportunity. But um, I can't dictate what God's plans are. Do you know what I mean? I have no idea if that moment was actually meant for me rather than for that guy. And even if it was for that guy, that's completely out of my hands. That's all back to God. All that glory goes back to God. All I can see from that moment is that I was available. And that was awesome because I actually saw something huge. I didn't even expect that guy coming up to me. And all it was, was me being available to God. And now it's weird. People are actually approaching me. Um, Yeah. Uh, Also, because that was like a really awesome moment for me, I started rocking up to work a bit earlier and just praying the same exact same prayer, like, Lord, I am here and I'm ready and I'm available to be used by you. And just meaning that and sitting there and meditating and just recognizing who God is, knowing of this power um, of Jesus Christ resurrecting from the dead and just knowing that and meaning that prayer and, and going into the workplace. And I didn't see something every single day, but this one time one of my workmates came up to me and he just had this, uh, him and his partner had just had this baby about two, three weeks earlier or something. And he came up to me knowing I was a Christian and he said, oh, hey, Blair, thinking of getting our baby boy baptized, what do you think of that? And I said, oh, yeah, well, that's, that's all right. I said, uh, and I was able to explain what I think baptism is. And I think baptism is when someone is, uh, has made that decision that they want to live their life completely for God. So they go under the water as a symbol of saying that I die to myself and I rise again to live for Christ as Christ lived uh, as Christ rose from the dead. And as I said, I don't think a baby can actually make that decision. But, you know, that's not for me to decide. That's for you guys to decide. And two hours later... Um, maybe even more, I don't know, just every question of the sun, and I was actually answering them, and that was so awesome, and, but so of God, because I had no idea what I said, and I never really make sense much anyway, so definitely all glory to God from there, but it was, it was seriously, like, the, these answers that I was having, It was like, yeah, take that, yeah, what are you getting for me next, and I was just, like, <laughs> loving it, and just going on, and and then at the end of it, uh, he said, oh, do you mind if I come to church? And I said, oh, dude, you don't have to ask. You just come. He's like, oh, okay. Well, I don't have soccer anymore on Sundays, so you know, I need something to do with my time. I'm like, well, that's a good feeling uh, for that. He never actually ended up coming to church, you know. He, about two weeks later, he got fired for drug use and, and work ethic and all this sort of stuff. And... Um, And that was disappointing again, you know. Once again, I was just like, oh man, you know, I just missed this opportunity. I should have should have put in more effort to get him to church. And once again, I was reminded, I don't know, boy, what boy? Just maybe common sense, that, and just to realize just seeing God at work anyway, was that it's not my place to dictate what God's plan is. I can't take that trust from God and put that back on myself again. I mean, seeing these miracles of people actually approaching me, that's what I was hearing from Chip. Chip Kirk, that people were approaching him. And I wanted that. I wanted that experience. And now this is happening. And I can't be disappointed with what I see. I don't know God's end result. I know this much. And that is how much God has asked me to be available to. But his plan is so much bigger than what I can see um, happening around me. We don't always see what God's up to. I want to turn to uh, Mark 10, 17 to 27. It's about the rich man coming up to Jesus. Uh, And I'll just read that, um, starting from verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, No one is good except God alone. Straight there is just such an awesome example of us as followers of God and being available to God. All the glory goes back. To God, and Jesus is doing that himself. Even though he's the Son of God, he's saying, "No, no, no! I am not good. Only God is good alone." And throughout the whole New Testament, or through the reign of Jesus, that was evident. Jesus was always putting the glory back to God. This isn't ours to receive. No matter how many miracles we see, it's only because of the power of God. So he just corrects this guy. No, no one is good except God alone. Continuing nine, uh, verse nineteen. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, and also honour your mother and father. Teacher, he declared, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. all things are possible with God First uh, the the response Jesus gave actually surprised me a little bit so the rich man is saying how do I in, inherit eternal life and Jesus throws out the commandments and and when I first read that I was like that sounds very works based like I don't understand where that that part is coming from because earlier on in John 3:16 uh, Jesus replies, uh, "For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not, have, uh, shall not perish but have eternal life." So, if this man's asking, "How do I inherit eternal life?" Why didn't Jesus reply back, John 3:16? Because that's exactly what it is. But this man obviously believes in in God because he's coming and asking, "Well, how do I have inter- uh, eternal life?" Then I, I understand who you are, but what do I need to do now? Um, So I looked up the word, the Greek word of believe, and I'm not going to pronounce it, I don't know Greek, I'm not going to pretend to, but I looked up the word, and and the word uh, translates to with an implication that actions based on that trust may follow. So belief, in other words, is believing that there is somebody there, so I believe that there is a creator, I believe there is a God. But it also means my trust is going to that belief. I trust in God. I trust in the power of the resurrection. I trust in him having uh, all glory uh, known to man. I I just trust in that. So as I do anything, my trust, anything for God, when I'm being available to God, there needs to be trust that follows that. It can't be like, all right, Lord, I'm available right now, but I don't really trust you. That trust comes back into myself. Now I'm at work. It's not that. So. When, when Jesus is talking to the rich man, he's saying, <clears throat> um, he, he, he throws out the commandments and the, and the rich man says, well, I've been doing all these things since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Jesus is saying at that point, one thing you lack is trust in me. You've created this whole thing out of your own power. Well, all everything comes from God anyway. That gift of money was from God. But you're putting more trust in the gift rather than God himself. So what you need to do is get rid of this wall that is holding you back from me. Come to me with nothing, nothing in the way of that trust. And I will show you what real living is. Um, but that rich man couldn't do it. You know, it was just like, no, his trust was too wound up in what he had done in his own strength. And he could not understand the power of God, the power of Jesus. He hadn't seen the resurrection at that point, but the power of God was still the same. Um, But he he could not put his trust in that. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, "'How high it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven!' The disciples were amazed at his words. Jesus again said, How hard it is to enter the kingdom of heaven. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. It is impossible for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, right? So we We need to understand that. They're not talking about, I've heard before about how there's this hole in the wall and camels found it really difficult to get in this hole in the wall or whatever like that. But that's not the case. He's talking about an actual needle. You cannot get anything through that needle really. Like I couldn't get through the needle. I'm smaller than a camel, I think. So, you know, it's not just saying a camel. The point is it's impossible for people to do that. Uh, Verse 27, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. What are we putting in place of that riches you might not have riches what else other things are we putting in in place of those riches that are are holding us back from really completely trusting in god is it our uni exams is it our school projects is it our sporting achievements is it our like business achievements whatever it is what are these things that we are putting in front of god to say that look you know god i trust you but this is just too scary to give it completely to you um so as we're coming to the beginning of the year, well, no, sorry, we are in the beginning of the year, I just want to ask you guys, what, like, again, what are you putting in front of that place where God should be completely? What is holding you back from trusting in God completely? And whatever that is, I want to ask you guys to just lay that back down in front of God, recognize of the power that he brings with the resurrection and the creation and everything else, He can overcome any of your anxiety for whatever that is, whatever it is that is holding you back from completely trusting in him. Let me pray. Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for your word, just showing us, Lord, uh, how to live a life glorifying to God, just giving that glory completely back to God. Well, will you just uh, remove any anxieties that we might be carrying, Lord, anything that is holding us back from trusting in you? Would you just really fill that gap in our hearts in a, in a physical way, Lord, in a, in a way that we just have no doubt of your power and of your presence, that we could leave this place with this passion in our hearts just to not only be obedient to you, but just be excited and, and just want to get out and just be available to you in everything that we do, Lord. Would this excitement be real, Would it be genuine? And would it be challenging, Lord? Challenging so we don't get caught up in the comforts of this world again. May our eyes be fixed on you and your glory. And would you just show us miracles, Lord, in this church, through this church, through these people and in these people, Lord. Would you just show us all your glory, show us miracles, bring us closer to you, Lord. Well, I also want to lift up Luke to you now as he comes up to speak. Um, would you just really anoint him with your words? Would you just protect him from himself getting in the way? Would it be less of Luke right now and so much more of you filling him? And will you just keep our ears open to you, Lord? In Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Eltham Baptist Church Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or simply pay us a visit, go to www dot elthambaptist.net.